Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio. I'm really excited for this week. Uh, not only do I have an amazing guest on here that's going to inspire and educate all of us over the next hour, but I get to co-host this show with Mr. DIY, Mr. Do-It-Yourself, Ewan Cameron, one of my favorite human beings in the whole wide world. Hi, Ewan. Oh, shucks, Brandy. Hello. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> oh, lovely. Life's good. Good. Yeah, it's uh, first one of the first nice, warm, sunny days we've had here in Vancouver in a while, so I'm kind of enjoying that. I went for a very long walk this morning. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I got outside a little bit today, too, and had football practice yesterday, and it was uh, pretty nice yesterday, too. Oh, wicked. Sounds good. So, um, you know our guest that we have on the show today. It's uh, Jeremy Long, affectionately known as J-Lo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all three of us actually have worked together on the Rocky Mountaineer Tourism Train, and uh, Jeremy started a uh, his own podcast and his own website uh, called Journey to Worthy, and it's very, very interesting, and he's doing a great job so far, so we just wanted to kind of have him on the show, help promote what he's doing, uh, and all three of us have worked together, so we all know each other quite well, so it should be a, a, a good interview. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty at myself, too, exactly for that. I mean, I know Jeremy pretty well the last couple of years, and I'm pretty excited to uh, hear what he has to share today. It sounds like uh, he's gone through quite a lot of experiences and has a lot to help other people cope with, so I'm pretty pretty stoked to hear what he has to say. No pressure. Hey. He's still pretty bright-eyed and bushy-tailed after everything, too, so it's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You yourself as uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed there, Jeremy? Sure do. You got it. Well, thanks for coming on the show, love. I really appreciate it, and I love what you're doing with your uh, podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here with my Rocky family. Good to see you guys again, sort of through the computer, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so can you just tell everyone a little bit about Journey to Worthy and what that's all about, and then we'll kind of dive into your story and your past? Sure. Uh, so um, the way that it sort of came about, like the the idea for the podcast, uh, I was in a bit of a weird sort of relationship that wasn't really making sense to me uh, just last summer, and I was thinking about, you know, those moments when you're like Googling the answers to life, like, mm -hmm. why am I in this, or why is this happening, or you know, what are the answers to getting out of this one? And um, I just found that there was no answers for me. So I was thinking like, well, maybe there needs to be someone that talks about the kind of experiences that I've been through. Um, you know, that's sort of that bully in your head, that self-esteem um, issue, that balance of like, you know, pushing yourself harder to do things and not listening to that voice in, in your head that tells you that, you know, you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough. And that's sort of where the idea for Journey to Worthy came from. Um, it was a lot to do with the, my adventures too, when I was traveling abroad and like the things that I learned and the people that I met. And, you know, when you leave the context of your home behind, you get to redefine yourself. And that's like such an amazing gift that I got. Yeah. So that's kind of where it started. Amazing. And, and yeah. it's interesting. We, we talk a lot about relationships and community on Team Wealth Radio. And the first point that you said is you were in a relationship and we're kind of seeking answers. And I think it sometimes takes another person to be a catalyst in our lives before we start venturing outside the box of what we're used to to find answers. So I like that you started with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? What's, what's great for me, too, is I know that we have a, parents who listen as well as, of course, lots of teens. And 
Brandy and I aren't necessarily over the hill, but you're a lot closer than we are to, to teens and what you've what you've gone through. I don't so know it's gonna if be... I'm that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm that young. I might, maybe I look younger than I am. <laughs> Could be. Let's say that. But either way, I think it's going to be uh, pretty good for teenagers to really be able to figure out how you are able to tackle some of the things that uh, you've you've gone through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. For sure. So since a majority of our audience is teenagers, can you kind of tell us a little bit about who you are now and then what you were like as a teenager and maybe some of the struggles you had as a teen? Um, it might make sense to go the opposite direction, to start back then and then come forward. Um, for, for, for me, like I, so I grew up in a small town, um, quickly figuring out who I was being a gay man. So I remember being like 12 years old, growing up in like rural country town, uh, British Columbia, uh, Kamloops and just thinking like I just don't fit in this world like I just feel like I something is different about me like I just don't fit I was really overweight I was like 215 pounds in grade eight and you know people were teasing me and calling me like you know calling me fag before I even knew what that was and um, you know I had a lot of bullying and then when I moved to the lower mainland into the city, I quickly sort of dove into the drug and party scene because I found this like community where I thought I belonged. And then that ate me up too. I, you know, I got distracted with drugs and like parties and dropped off the edge of school and just sort of started really like thinking about myself more than my future and just like what feels good right now. And it just, it, it was really easy. And then from there, it got serious quick. Like, I fell hard. I was 19 years old. I was struggling with the law. I was uh, in and out of jail, you know, 19 years old. And then from there, I had to get sober. Like, I I went through sobriety at a really young age. So I overcame addiction at, like, 19 years old. Um, From there, I went back to college. I got my degree. Um, Yeah, lots has happened since then. But those are, like, the the critical things that, like, took place in my childhood. yeah, it's come a long way. I've come a long way. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, you you said overcoming sobriety at 19. Like, that's a fairly impressive story. And the fact that you're able to just kind of share that and talk about it. I mean, there's so many teens who are younger and younger now that are uh, drinking at 10, 11, 12, smoking at 10, 11, 12, experimenting with ecstasy and cocaine at 13 and 14. Mm-hmm, it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, um, even girls that are getting pregnant at 13 and 14 because they're part of that culture and it's the only place that they feel included because they're, they feel like they don't have a community. So I, I love that you're able to talk about all this with us. Kamloops is a very small town in the middle of British Columbia. It's kind of like a five-hour drive from any other major city. Um, what was it like when you were growing up there in Kamloops? Was it 100,000 people? It's quite a hot town. Was there a, a, any gay community that you were able to kind of find anybody that was going through the same struggles with you in? Or was it just a very small town and you felt completely, completely isolated? Or did you find anyone that you could talk to? Uh, to be very honest, I felt like I had nobody to talk to. I didn't even know what I was like, what it was happening to me. I didn't even understand like what gay was. I remember I was 12 years old. And I had like this friend that we were, I guess we were sort of experimenting together, but he didn't probably think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so later on, it turned out that like he kind of really pushed back away from me. And I think he was really uncomfortable with where things were going. And mm-hmm. so after I lost him and he kind of, you know, pulled away, I suddenly really felt like I was completely alone. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. Like that's, that's tough when you have no one that you can talk to. And I, I think I was, you know, I think I escaped by running to food because I didn't know how to open up. And 
I don't know, there's a, there's some other things like my dad wasn't around, my mom was struggling, like really low income with me and my sister. Um, so there was just a, there was a lot of barriers that were, you know, happening and that I was trying to overcome, but I just didn't have the skills in order to deal with them. So with, with something like that, I think a lot of our listeners, whether they're, they're gay or not, they can still maybe ones who are dealing with some sort of feeling of not identifying with a lot of people around them. And from your experience, what do you think you could probably tell some of the listeners who are having trouble dealing with some of these issues, whatever it may be that has them kind of feel like they're sticking out and different from everybody else on how they should maybe handle that? I think that's two-sided sort of um, because it depends on what you're what you're going through specifically. But um, something that I think about when you mention that is the Dan Savage, uh, It Gets Better project. Uh, he talks about like being gay and no matter where you are, like it gets better. And so my message would be to like mimic that. Like, first of all, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter how old you are or what you're going through, like it will get better. You just sometimes, honestly, we don't see the the way out when we're so young. Uh, that tunnel vision, like it's there's, you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. And so for me, I didn't know, like I just thought like, oh, this is my life. This is my existence. Things are just going to always be hard. And I wish that I could go back and be like, hey, Jeremy, don't worry. Like, you're going to actually have a really cool life. And, you know, you're going to have dreams come true. And you're going to be able to redefine who you are and what you're capable of. So that would be, like, the first thing. Uh, the second thing would be, like, especially if you're gay, um, you're going to find connections. You're going to meet people in your life. Actually, maybe it's not even if you're gay. Just no matter whatever struggles you're going through, you're going to find other people in the world at some point in your life. And you're going to realize... I'm not alone. And that's such an amazing gift. Um, that's happened to me numerous times in my life in my sobriety. Suddenly I found myself, you know, in a group of other people struggling with the exact same problem. And now I have a community of people I can rely on, you know, and people that they just understand me. I can just call them up and be like, this is what's going on. And it's just, it's not even a, I'm not insecure or nervous anymore about that. It's just like, this is what I'm going through. And these are the people that will be there to build me up no matter what. Nice. So it was pretty important that you found a group that you could talk to about something that you guys had in common. Do you do you find any has there been any spirituality that has helped you? Yeah, so that's come come and gone. Like I've I've had different levels of uh, moments in my life where I felt like I needed to seek more spirituality. And um, so my sobriety kind of has two sides. Like I got sober, like I said, when I was 19 and I learned a lot about myself and I, you know, I kind of grew up being sober into my mid twenties. And then at my mid twenties, I decided, oh, well, you know, I've never really done the adult drinking thing. I think it's been long enough. I think I can just drink and I'll be fine. I won't get back into drugs. Uh, it, it won't be a problem. And then, so I did, I started drinking at 26 again and I quickly kind of, I, I fell in back into the bar scene, not like not like I was when I was a teenager, but I fell back into it. And so when I got sober again at the age of 30, um, basically I realized that like I do need a, a bit of a spiritual solution to my problem. Um, I need to I need to get that high somewhere else. And for me, that is spirituality. It's tapping into something inside me um, that that is more fulfilling than needing to you know get wasted and drunk or messed up on drugs. And so recently, uh, my trips to um, Indonesia and Australia, I really practice a lot of yoga and meditation, and I really tapped into something that it it almost does take you to another place, similar to you know experience on substances. So yeah, definitely spirituality, huge part of my life right now. 
uh, you and I'm glad you asked that because um, I've been talking to a lot of people. We we all work in the same industry where there's a lot of food and alcohol and partying around, and it's kind of hard for a lot of people in the service industry to stay away from that. And a lot of them, they say that when they go out for drinks and they order a water or a soda because they're not drinking, they get judged not only by the service staff that they think, oh, they're not going to tip me because their bill's not going to be higher, they're not going to be drunk, mm-hmm. or by their friends. It's like, hey, come on, just have one, but they don't understand that that's much bigger than one drink for, for people that are going through sobriety. Do you do you feel judged when you go out with friends who are drinking and you don't have a drink? And do you feel like, how do you kind of overcome that? Because I know that's a, for a lot of people in our industry that that's a big problem. I think that it, it took time. It definitely took time for sure. I had to um, get uncomfortable for a little while. You know, even get, getting sober, you end up having to come out. It's almost like coming out of the closet, like coming out as uh, someone that's sober, like as an, a recovering alcoholic. And so, yeah, I definitely had to um, get used to that. But it, you get comfortable. You get you get good at it. As soon as you commit to your sobriety and you stop having to apologize for it and you can find that place, then all of a sudden it, it gets easy. I love that you made that point of stop apologizing. Okay, we do have to uh, go to our first commercial break, um, but we've got tons more questions to come back with Jeremy after this. Uh, if you did want to check him out on Instagram, his Instagram is Journey2, and that's the number two, Jeremy. And on Facebook, it's Journey2, number two again, worthy. Uh, and then we'll give you his uh, iTunes and his website in a little bit. We'll see you back in a few minutes, everyone. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. 
everybody. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're here with Jeremy Long. He's the host of the podcast Journey to Worthy, and he talks about a lot of great struggles that he's gone through in his life and overcoming them and where he's on his new path now. Uh, if you'd like to follow along uh, with him on Instagram, it's Journey 2, and that's the number 2 Jeremy, or on Facebook, there's Journey 2, number 2 again, Worthy. Um, and then his website is Journey 2, number 2 again, Worthy.com. Uh, and he's got some great content out there, so you may want to follow him. On all of those. Uh, just before we went to the break, uh, Jeremy, you, you talked about committing to sobriety and stop apologizing for things like sobriety. And I love that you said stop apologizing because so many of us with good intentions that get stuck in certain struggles in our life, we tend to apologize for it and feel bad for what we've gone through instead of embracing what we've gone through, embracing the lessons we've learned and using that in a positive way in our life. How do you stop apologizing for, for things? Like I, I just, I love, I love that you explain that. Could you elaborate on it a little bit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely feel like, I feel like my experience needed to be told. Like, I feel like I have a story to tell, mm. but for a long time I wondered, like, can I be open about substance abuse, about my drinking I was worried about it, and uh, so I, I was hesitant on putting myself out there. But now that I've I've sort of tapped into this self help, uh, you know, self discovery world, this platform where there's lots of speakers who speak openly about it. And so it wasn't until I really started hearing people like Lewis Howes talk about, um, you know, his experience being abused. Um, or uh, numerous other people like Rich Rolls got a podcast and he talks openly about being in recovery and substance. Um, yeah, there's so many people out there that like they're, it's, it became part of their strength, what they've been through instead of part of their, their flaws or their weaknesses, because we've all got experiences that like make us who we are. Like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for those negative experiences. I'm almost grateful for them because now I've, I feel like I've got something to say. I've got something to share that people can relate to. And so it, I have to look at it as a strength. I can't look at it as a weakness anymore. For sure. Um, so I try and do the same thing with some of my struggles and some of my insecurities. And, and I, I love it when my uh, life coach says to me, it's like, okay, Brandy, you're playing a victim right now. Because there'll be times when instead of using mine as a positive experience that's helping me move forward, mm-hmm. I'll kind of whine a little bit and mope and some self-pity, even though I know that's not healthy. And I go into this kind of victim mentality where I go, well, the world does this and da-da-da-da. And he's like, no, just push that out of the way. So do you ever find yourself doing that? And how do you pull yourself out of that? Do you ever, do you ever get into that victim mentality of some of the struggles that you've gone through? You just want to kind of lay in bed and eat ice cream and mope or. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I call uh, throwing a pity party. And you know, the only person that really has fun at that party is me. Mm. And, and not really, you know, like I, I know that the victim thing, it does come up. It's a voice inside me that says, well, this happened to me. And so it's not fair. And there's nothing I can do about it. And, you know, maybe the world even owes me because of whatever's happened to me. And part of my addiction, too, and my sobriety and, my, and, you know, recovering, it's been about, well, I can't be responsible for maybe the things that happened when I was a child. But I absolutely have responsibility going from this point forward. And that's, you know, in every area of my life, not just in substance abuse, but just in, you know, taking responsibility and ownership of what you want in your life, you know, defining who you want to be and figuring out a way to make that happen. Absolutely. 
And um, there's a great website. We've had the the founders of a nonprofit called Art with Impact on our radio show. Um, I encourage you to check out artwithimpact.org. Uh, they're a group of people based out of San Diego, but they're all over North America now. And they encourage young people to make um, short documentaries from two to five minutes about whatever struggles that they're going through and upload it online. And then what they do is they go to colleges and high schools and they show three or four of these small videos and then they encourage people to talk about it. And uh, I could almost see you doing you doing one like that because you have such a amazing personality like you've got a lot of character to you and I could see you doing <laughs> that as something but anyone out there listening if you haven't checked out artwithimpact.org yet it's a really interesting um, website and it's got a ton of great free resources there are quick videos that you can watch but um, I see Jeremy your your website and your podcast kind of being something similar where instead of them watching a quick video it's something where they can hear your story because you, you basically tell your story on your podcast, correct? And then just allow people to take whatever lessons they want from it. Is that how it works? Yeah. So typically so far, it's I've had some general topics that I just start going and I share a few pieces of my story or my experience. Uh, it is going to shift a little bit starting this week into some interviews. So uh, I want to bring on people that have either gone through struggles or been able to overcome things in their lives or want to talk about some of the issues facing young people and the gay community today. Uh, but definitely I have shared quite a lot of my story so far and I will continue to do so. Jeremy, what was the hardest story that you've that you've shared so far on your podcast? Oh, um, so it wasn't, I wasn't sure that I was going to share this. I, I typically so far I've just sort of done my podcast in one go, like one take, and then it just, it is what it is, and I feel like it fits and it feels good. Uh, there's some minor editing that takes place, but overall what I've said, it, it wasn't uh, planned super heavily. Um, so this last one though, I talked openly about um, basically the issues that people face in online dating apps, specifically when you go through with something that maybe you didn't feel super great about. And so I actually, in my own response to my own question, sort of, I bring up um, going through some uncomfortable experiences when I was a teenager where I was, you know, under the influence of drugs and I found myself, you know, maybe blacking out and going through with an experience and sort of coming to having not given consent and, and remembering that and almost feeling it while I was talking about it. It almost is like I'm feeling it again right now. Wow. Um, but I know that it's part of my past and it's part of what my you know, my experience is, but it doesn't define who I am today. Yeah, kind of open. <laughs> it opens right up. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's, that's a fantastic share. Yeah, for sure. There's, a, there's so many people out there that have um, stories and, they, and they're just not able to share it. So I, I love that you're able to kind of break down your own barriers and be able to share that. Um, I just want to go back to something that you mentioned before. I think you've mentioned it a couple times, both in talking with just me off the show and on the show. Um, but you talked about the voice in your head or the bully in your head. What does mm. yours sound like? And somebody made a good point to me the other day at work. There's a young man who works with me, and he's... Um, He's got a very interesting brain, and I was commenting on how I hate the first thought that pops into my head sometimes because I'll think something negative about another human, but immediately mm -hmm. after I'll go, oh, why did I think that? That's a horrible thing. And he said to me, he goes, well, you know, the first thought in your head is not you. The first thought in your head is conditioning for media and things like that. The second thought in your head is who you are. And I think a lot of people think that the immediate thought that they have is who they actually are. And I love that you talked about the bully in your head. Do you 
yeah, can you just tell me a little bit about the bully in your head and, and what you think about that? Um, so it's actually funny because one of my episodes recently, we talk about uh, the saboteur. So we actually label that bully, that voice inside your head. He's a, he's a saboteur. Uh, and you can define what that is. You can even, you know, talk about what it looks like. And so I did that. My, mine is called Jimmy. Jimmy's my saboteur. And Jimmy's really tall, kind of dark, handsome, dark features. And he kind of sneaks up behind me. But he's really, like, I think he's good looking. So I want to listen to him. You know, and he tells me that I, you know, like that either I'm not good enough for that or I'm too cool for that other thing. Uh, so it's kind of got to flip back and forth. And it's just like you said, it's like that first initial thought of judgment. I totally relate to that. Like I can see someone that I'm like, oh, I bet that person, I bet they're a jerk. And then I, I make that instinct judgment and then I end up talking to them. And it's just that they're they're either really confident and that's what I think that's threatening about them. Or, the, you know, there's some other part of them that I see as a threat or a challenge, or it's something I see in myself, which, you know, also makes me, it just sort of identifies like some of the issues that I know that I need to deal with because I'm projecting them onto other people. But yeah, Jimmy is, he's out to get me sometimes, that guy. <laughs> when did you start hearing the bully in your head? Was it as a very young teenager? Uh, I remember it being really young. I think like my so my dad moved out when I was four. I don't actually remember my parents ever being together. And I remember my mom being really stressed out and struggling. Uh, we had, didn't have a lot of money. And I remember just walking to school and not having what I needed, like not having like, you know, lunch or like the right jacket. And I remember just thinking like, I'm just not good enough, man. Mm. And it was a struggle like, I don't know, six, seven years old, maybe. Such young age. I, I, I think every generation, it gets younger and younger and younger. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. start to feel that way. I know my grandparents still, I talk to them in their, in their 80s and 90s now, and they're like, no, I still have days where I feel like I'm not good enough. And, and I, it's kind of sad to know that, but it's kind of a relief to know that as well, because it just means that we're all in this common struggle together. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's getting younger and younger. Like, my grandparents talk about feeling that when they were 16, 17, 18, when they were kind of done school and start working. I know the world was a bit different then. But then I feel like I felt that when I was kind of 12, 13, when I got into high school and body image was more in your face. And But then I hear even the younger generation talk about, oh, no, I was in grade six or grade seven. Like I was 9, 10, 11 and starting to feel those things. And I don't know if it's pressure from media or that we all have access to the Internet. So we just see a lot more of the the perfect body type or the perfect personality type pushed in our faces more. Do you have an opinion on, on media and how it affects us? Uh, definitely when it comes to the body image stuff like that for me when when I did turn that age of like 12 13 and I got I started getting a lot heavier um, that just compounded that voice that bully inside my head so it was already there and it just got way worse when it came to the comparing myself every, to everyone else physically um, but definitely media today is like it's outrageous how you know what we're exposed to and um, you know the content out there is just so body focused you know so sex and image focused so I'm not surprised that the age of, you know, insecurity ends up getting younger and younger each year. And I think that that sort of ties into the whole, um, the bullying and online bullying and the things that people are exposed to, um, you know, that we didn't, I, I didn't have to deal with that. And I'm surprised that I even made it through, let alone what people have to go through today when there's so much more going on and so much more to live up to. And that fast paced world of Instagram and selfies, it's just, there's always something else you can compare yourself to. It's a hard world to be in, especially yeah. for young people. 
What about you, Ewan? What, what did you had? You have the voice in your head, the bully in your head. Do you have a Jimmy? And when did that start <laughs> for you? There's some evil alter ego that's in there for sure that says every wrong thing in my mind uh, uh, when someone says something, whether it's dirty or just downright mean. And I think it's pretty, pretty interesting. I never thought about it the way that you said it, Brandy, where uh, where the second voice is your voice, and that's kind of interesting. I I really um, did some reading off a local Vancouver, uh, I guess, spiritual philosopher, Eckhart Tolle, uh, that I found really powerful in terms of identifying those voices in your head, not really as you, but as what a psychologist would call an ego that's trying to define you and in primitive ways trying to help you survive by identifying everything as a danger. And all of a sudden you become insecure about everything that you're that's going on about you and you all of a sudden become competitive against everything that's around you as opposed to just accepting the world as it is. And you find that when you start accepting everything, you just get so much more stress relieved and your shoulders just loosen immediately and the weight of the shoulders is isn't on you anymore did i take that too far no no that was perfect that was fantastic and there was just a giant motor car that went by my house and went, <laughs> i was like oh i had a off. <laughs> did anyone else hear that no no but did the first voice in your head think that that was a jerk it was, yeah, <laughs> and then i went no it's probably just some guy rushing his pregnant wife to the hospital <laughs> so it means i guess i'm a good person if i follow my second thought anyways we got to go to commercial break we'll be right back with jeremy long from journey to worthy podcast see you in a second everyone Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at globalteenwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello, 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're here with Jeremy Long. He's the host of the podcast Journey to Worthy. And if you want to check him out, you can go to his website at Journey to, and that's the number two, worthy.com. Or you can find him on Instagram at Journey to Jeremy or on Facebook at Journey to Worthy. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the show. And you and my co-host is here with me, which I'm very happy about because all three of us go way back. Uh, Just in the commercial break, we started talking about Jeremy studying criminology. And I just wanted to kind of go back into the addiction and the trouble with the law that you were talking about were those experiences with addiction and trouble with the law what led you to criminology eventually or where, where did that come from because that's a fascinating thing to study yeah absolutely You're, you you nailed it right on the head uh, I found myself being you know 19 years old sitting in a jail cell wondering like how did I get here what is a person like me doing in prison like this is doesn't make any sense uh, and part of it was you know just being mixed with the wrong people, um, ending up in the wrong situations at the wrong time. But uh, yeah, I'm 20 years old. I'm thinking like, well, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to make a living? And so suddenly I started thinking about studying criminology and, you know, kind of just went from there. I wanted to know like how people end up in prison because I grew up thinking like everyone in jail is a bad person. And now I know that that's not the case. Like people have life situations, circumstances, experiences that happen that sometimes are out of their control or lead them just down the wrong path, but it doesn't mean they're bad people. I've since gone into prisons and spoken with people that have done some pretty serious offenses, uh, even people that have committed murder, and I've chatted with them, and I can see the goodness in their hearts, and sometimes it's just really, really clouded with really, really negative experiences. Jeremy, um, what what would you say would be, would you say that, now that you've gone through it, if you could go back in time, would you change something in terms of uh, what would stop you from going to prison? Oh, that's, I don't know. Because if I, if I didn't go there, if I didn't go to all the dark places and the dark, you know, alleys of my life, I don't think that I'd be on this side of town, you know, in this point in my life anymore. So I I don't know, like if I could go back and maybe not have to experience some of that pain, for sure, I would listen to my family when they say that they really actually care, because in my head, they didn't understand me, and therefore they didn't care, but really that was my perspective. Uh, So if I could go back, I'd listen to my family a little bit more, Um, I'd stop trying to be so cool, that quest for cool got me in so much trouble, you know, like that's... (laughs) <laughs> that quest for cool, I, I'm not trying to be cool in my life anymore. I'm just trying to be a human being, you know, with love and good people around me. And if I could go back and be like, hey, wake up. You don't need to be cool. Just just live a good life. If I could do that, maybe that's what I would do. What was what was the worst part of prison for our listeners just to know why? what's a good reason not to go there? What was the worst part that you didn't expect? Um, the food sucks. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not it. Um, it's for me. Okay, this is the reality of it. Was um, I had been placed in uh, originally when you start getting arrested, they let you out, promising to appear in court, and so that stopped happening when I kept getting arrested. And so uh, a few times, like I went in, and the scariest part is not knowing when you're allowed to leave, not wow. knowing if if I can if I'm going to be here for two days and I'm going to be able to manage, or if I'm going to have to survive in here with all of these terrifying men, you know, that are twice my age for who knows how long, up to a year. That's what I was looking at. And that was really, really scary. 
that's an interesting perspective I really hadn't considered. Um, mm-hmm. Probably now with your criminology degree, you might uh, know how long exactly you'll be in there next time, right? Well, hopefully there's no next time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, typically uh, there's some pretty uh, distinct sets for how long people stay in, so... Um, and and I really I really wonder um, being gay in a prison as well. Would do you think that if you had to spend a year in prison, would you maybe have tried to hide the fact you were gay? Like I know that's that sounds like a really shitty thing to ask, but I have had friends that have pretended to not be who they are, um, whether it's gay or a career or whatever it is, just an opinion on something to kind of hide people from coming at them. Uh, do you ever think about that? Do you think that would make a difference or just? Um, in prison, it could go two ways. I mean, I, okay. So I definitely think that there's been circumstances in my life where I show up as me, but I definitely try not to be me. Um, you know, and whether that's being like trying to pass as straight, uh, in a, in an environment where, you know, typically I feel like I need to be more tough to feel like I fit in or to be safe even, um, or, you know, it could have gone both ways. Like I, one of my experiences in there was like, I met someone else who I thought was actually being like kind of scary to me, but it, it turns out that he was actually kind of flirting and that's the way he did it. <laughs> and so I ended up making an ally in there that was, it was actually really beneficial that I was able to protect myself and not have to worry about, you know, enduring some of the scary stuff that you see in television. Um, but yeah, definitely I, I've, I can imagine that, being overtly gay and like I, I always grew up thinking that I was very effeminate and that I wasn't tough enough or I was too soft, very emotional, um, you know, and so showing up in prison. Yeah, that definitely went through my head. Like, I can't be gay here. I can't be I can't be too soft. I have to be street. I have to be strong. Um, definitely went through my head when I was in there. Okay. Switching subjects a little bit. Um... I know you've dealt with anxiety in some forms or another. How did you first? How did you first identify that you have anxiety? That this triggers and things for you. Um, it depends on what context, really. But I guess it, it's it's been an ongoing journey of just sort of believing in myself, or or part of it is like again that quest for cool, like not wanting to look embarrassing ever and so the anxiety really comes up for me I know when I'm especially doing something new or I'm in a place with new people or where I just don't know my circ- my surroundings and so those those are my trigger spots or they used to be I don't really have that so much anymore but um, being able to understand that it's okay to not look great at something that lesson that I finally learned in my life some some time between my mid-20s and now you know being willing to look up and and look like a student instead of needing to look like a master or a pro and everything that's such a huge huge like weight off my shoulders like I don't need to look perfect at everything go figure you know because you're not going to like that's the that's the the message for me too is like I I don't need to look like a pro snowboarder because I'm not gonna be one so why am I so worried about what I look like you know I talk about that on one of the episodes actually recently that's fantastic I love it and I know you travel a lot of the world now and you've gotten into some great things like yoga and I love that you just said being a student I I, I think you've become a student of life and you just embrace all these awesome things and try new things all the time what 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 kind of excitement does that give you? Like every time I try something new, it's like a whole new door of happiness is opened up in my heart because I'm so excited for what the possibilities are. What what's 
what excites you about about possibilities in the world and what are you looking forward to uh it's definitely about walking through uh uncomfortable situations or um all of a sudden being able to master something that i just never thought was even possible for me uh, i did talk about that with with my travels in sport in a recent episode where you know like i've been able to become like a kiteboarder like i i thought i was like doomed in sports like I remember grade 8 gym class like I would hide in the bathroom my my grade 8 gym teacher Mr. Purvis terrible name he wouldn't uh, make me feel like I belonged ever like there was all these football stars that were like 6 feet and I was like you know 5'5 five, five, overweight and I just hated life in, in gym class so I thought I was doomed to ever be good at anything athletic uh, and then all of a sudden now like I'm I took up surfing in Bali like I do kiteboarding I'm a skier like I'm going to run a marathon this year like who knew that i was even capable of these things so knowing that there's more experiences like that to be had out there like i just the the sky's my limit like i didn't even know that i was going to be where i am today a year ago and here i am so i just know that that's going to keep happening in my life and i'm excited about it sure and you mentioned being quite overweight when you were in high school was that because you had an unhealthy diet or just not enough healthy food at home or because you didn't play sports or were you like me who would eat to make herself feel better was was there a reason why you became overweight or was it just a collection of things i probably at least two that were pretty prevalent was one not having like a lot of the great like healthy food like not having a lot of fresh produce uh we did have you know a little bit of a stricter uh, limitation on finances so I did I grew up eating you know like a lot of uh, inexpensive like pasta dishes and hamburgers and lots of bread and you know what I mean so definitely the diet uh, played a part but also like I, I had that feeling inside me that was empty that I needed to fill with something and I didn't know what to do so I definitely filled it with food I remember binge eating and snacking um, like just as a way to pass time uh, because I, I didn't want to go out there and put myself out there and be, you know, to, made, to be made to look like a fool in some area of my life. So honestly, I spent a lot of time alone at home eating. Yeah. And then, and now you're super fit. I mean, I've seen you and you're doing things like boarding in, in Bali. What, yeah. how, did you, how did you get healthy? Was it through your process of overcoming addiction that you ended up getting healthy and fit? And how have you maintained that? Uh, so over the years, it sort of changed, it shifted a few times. But initially, when I first got sober, like I had never been in a gym before, I had never done anything athletic, like I said. Um, so it was just mostly about around, you know, being, um, meeting the right people, really, that, you know, someone was out there that said, do you want to go to the gym? And instead of being too afraid to go, uh, even though I didn't feel like I was going to look like I knew what I was doing. I just went, I took that chance. I took the risk, uh, and then just slowly learned. And also just through like research and studying all of a sudden, when I actually started working out, Oh my gosh, like I feel so good. And you know, I'm seeing results. And so it just made sense for me to just keep going. And so it, it definitely fluctuates over the years. I've gone off and on. I definitely go through, you know, a few weeks here and there where I just don't get to the gym, but now I have this thing inside me that says, Oh, you need to be active because it actually makes you feel good. It's not just about losing weight or looking great. Uh, I definitely still have that sort of snack binge eating habit, especially at night. Um, so I have to battle that sometimes by, you know, remembering like, Oh yeah, like you, you don't like how you feel when you eat like a whole giant bag of chocolate and popcorn and, garbage you actually like how you feel when you work out so let's do a little bit more of that shall we awesome i love it all right we'll be right back with jeremy long from journey after this commercial break <laughs> ah! 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, I have a couple questions for Jeremy, maybe one question specifically. And I like that you've talked uh, already early in the show about how a sense of community, finding some people around, uh, either you have, that you can find something in common with or just that you know care for you, have kind of helped you with some of your healing, just by being able to talk about some things with, with uh, people and how important community is. And so I just want to give you a chance, Jeremy, to... Uh, Talk to the audience about how you're looking to spread your legs for charity. Ah, uh, yeah. So um, I do pick up here and there on um, some fundraiser or charity campaigns. And right now what I'm doing is raising money for the YMCA. Uh, and I'm doing that through running a marathon. So I've done a couple runs. I did a run for kids with cancer a couple of years ago. Uh, this year, yeah, for the YMCA. And the YMCA has some amazing programs for uh, families and teens with limited funds, which is something that I really would have benefited from uh, quite a lot when I was young. So I have. Uh, it's really important to me that uh, there's money for these kind of programs. So, yeah, I'm running a marathon. Uh, first time running a full marathon. This year, it's going to be crazy. I ran two half marathons uh, the last two summers. And um, starting to do some a little bit more serious training here. Uh, it's a process for sure, as you can imagine. Running 42 miles is quite a long ways, um, but I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, that's brutal. Marathons are incredible and so tough to train for. That's 
really impressive. I mean, your body actually eats away at your own muscle. Not to scare you, but that's a, that's just like an awesome commitment of training <laughs> that you need to do because you're putting yourself through a lot. And that's a pretty cool sacrifice that you're doing to raise uh, some some funds for the YMCA and probably YWCA because I, I I'm also a member of the YMCA and it's a fantastic facility so that's fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely when you put it that way the eating <laughs> eating your own muscles that's a little scary. Um, yeah, but yeah, good luck. Each, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Way to frighten them. <laughs> I'll have you in there with a juice box and a cookie at the end just to make you feel better. <laughs> yes, uh, bring it on. <laughs> um, so I have one tough question that I want to ask you about before the end of the show, and then I'd like kind of like to know what the future for you looks like with your podcast and Journey to Worthy and everything else. Um, but the tough question I want to ask is something that I've really struggled with. I'm white. I'm a female. I'm very lucky to have health and and to not uh, be stigmatized in, in a lot of negative ways. I have a little bit, but not in, not in ways that are, like, life-altering. Um, I have a lot of black friends, and we talk a lot about the N-word. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, one of my black friends uses the F-word a lot. And I'm not using, I don't mean the F-U-C-K. I mean the word fag or faggot. And mm-hmm. I... It drives me nuts. So I turned around when this person was using this in a negative form because they've heard it their whole life and they just think it's a bad word. They're not trying to actually hurt anyone. He's not a bad person. But I turned around and used the N-word and yelled it right at him and went, what entitles you to say that? I said, do you not realize? Can you just tell me your personal opinion? I know it's used a lot in the gay community, like one 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 man to another, hey, fag, how's it going or whatever, just like the N-word is used in the black community. But I just... I, I watched little kids get called that. You mentioned you'd been called that as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And nobody thinks anything of it because that's gay has been a term for, oh, that sucks or that's dumb or not cool for a long time without people trying to be harmful. Did that affect you? And is there is there kind of a movement to pull away from that these days in the community? Because it really, it bothers me. Like those two words should just never be used anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that... Like, especially for me, the the word fag, like I, the only, the beginning of hearing that word was a terrible experience for me. Like it was being bullied. It was being a kid feeling like I didn't fit in this world. And someone was calling me a word that I didn't even understand. Uh, I didn't even know what that meant for me. And yeah, derogatory words, I think are important that we need to steer clear from them. Uh, I've definitely been that voice that says, well, hey, you shouldn't say that. Or, you know, even when it's people saying that's gay. In high school, I remember pointing out to people, you know, and, you know, basically standing up for myself. And I still do today. Definitely, it's something that people have said to me. But if they say, hey, that's gay, I'm like, well, actually, you know what? I'm gay. So what do you think about that? You know, Um, because like that, I'm a person and a word can, you know, can affect me. And I think that people sometimes just need that they're willing to be challenged. I think that if someone's willing to stand up for them and tell them like, hey, this is what that makes me feel then maybe it'll actually shift it, especially if there's someone that you already know and you, you know that they're not saying it as an intention to hurt you, but they just haven't been reminded. Like I've needed to be reminded on some of my language that hasn't been in that area. But, you know, sometimes we just need someone to someone that's willing to care enough about you to stand up to you and say, hey, that's not cool what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I've grown as a person. It doesn't matter what I'm doing in my life. Like I need people that care enough about me to stay, hey, can you stop doing that? Because it's actually not serving you and it's not serving me or our relationship. 
Fantastic point. Thank you for answering that question. Okay, so with your podcast, um, what do you want your future to look like? What do you see? Where do you see yourself in two years and five years and ten years? Do you want to be speaking all over the world about your experiences, or or on a national syndicate TV show talking about it? Or where do you where do you see yourself in the in the future with all of this? This is a dream big moment, right? Like I can just blurt it all out, like my yeah. whole hopes and dreams. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I, whenever I, when I was young, whenever I thought about the stuff that I was going through or have gone through in my early 20s, uh, I definitely thought that I would write a book. So I think that that's definitely in the works. Uh, I've already come up with a name that I will not disclose to you. And uh, so that's something. Um, I definitely would like to do some coaching in the future as well. Maybe some uh, self-esteem uh, retreats or workshops for gay men especially. I, I am going to be doing some volunteer coaching through a gay health clinic here in Vancouver. So that's sort of in the works. Uh, so definitely some coaching, some public speaking, some more of that. Um, I have done a few talks uh, in the last couple of years. And I used to do talks in high school, actually, about substance abuse and uh, and recovery. So, yeah, I just I want to grow. I want to see where it can go. I know that sometimes your life takes a turn that you're not expecting. And so I'm kind of open to that turn. Instead of needing to jot down everything I need my life to be or want it to be, I'm pleasantly surprised often in my life. So I'm open to seeing where that takes me. That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, so I, I saw your website is great. Um, I just want to give everyone all of your contact information again. Um, so if you want to check out his website, it's journey two, and that's the number two worthy.com. Um, his podcast as well, you can find on iTunes. It's journey dash to dash worthy um on instagram you can find them at journey to jeremy and on facebook it's Jer journey to worthy um <laughs> and so you can follow him and you can listen to his show and i know he has an invitation to anyone uh out there so jeremy we have two minutes till the end of the show what is one piece of advice you could give to all of our listeners and then anything else you'd like to say to them before we wrap up today um, advice. Uh, just try to have courage to be yourself in your life, to show up in your life at some point and not apologize for who you are, because that's who you are and that's the gift you were given. And if you can just let that piece of you shine and stop worrying about playing small and just be yourself, that's that's going to take you places, I promise you. Uh, so that's definitely my advice to you. And um, if there's anyone that's, you know, been through some similar struggles or has a message that they'd like to share, maybe they've overcome some obstacles in their lives, I'd love to connect with you and maybe collaborate or have someone uh, that's interested in coming on the show. Uh, basically, I feel like there wasn't a lot of uh, role models or idols for me to look up to when I was young, especially in the gay community. And so I want to grow that dialogue. I want to put more faces and names out there for people that, uh, you know, we can look up to in the community. And awesome. I thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really uh, been excited to chat with you today. So this has been great. Anytime. Yeah, we, we really loved having you on, eh, Ewan? Uh, Jeremy, it's been fantastic to have you on this platform and this forum just to share what you're doing. And I think it's amazing just what you said right there, that you're out here to be a role model and someone people can contact and talk to that are, that are having similar issues that you had when there wasn't someone there. And I think that you're just doing wonderful stuff. So it's been really great to just talk to you in this forum. Absolutely. Thank you. And Thank you so much. 
I love that you said no apologies again in the show because I love that that you started the show and ended the show with that. And maybe that's the name of your autobiography and you're just not sharing with <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I might steal that one. There you go. Um, and uh, anyone out there who wants to get in touch with me or you in or uh, find out more about Jeremy, you can call our 1-800 number. It's free from any cell phone, any pay phone, anywhere. one eight five five eight six six or that's 8336 and you can always find me on Instagram at GTWCEO or Teen Wealth. Thank you again for tuning in. Jeremy, it's been a pleasure. You and I love seeing your face. We'll see you all again same time, same place next Monday. Monday. <laughs> Thanks everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. 